and welcome to Buy Back The Block series, where we talk everything real estate and investment. We believe in empowering those in our communities to take pride in where they live and to share stories of journeys traveled in their successes. Every journey is unique, but also important as it provides an opportunity for those in the community to learn and progress through the experiences of others. There is infinite power that exists through collectively working together. I was wondering how businesses survive in property since COVID-19 and how firms have been able to operate during the pandemic. I know many have closed down operations and furloughed staff. I also recognise that some have been able to operate offering consistently good service while still within the confines of the law through technology and tools available which limit human interactions. I've heard of VR tours being done and non-contact viewings organised, which brings me to my next guest that seem to be able to secure properties for tenants and even sell even during lockdown. Power couple Trevor and Linda Tacky are the owners of Trevlin Properties, operating in sales and lettings and growing their business from strength to strength. We currently have Trevor in the office and I would like to ask, who are you? I am a director at Trevlin Properties and been leading the company um, with my other co-director for the last two years or so. And we're a five-star estate agent um, based on our Google reviews and also on Trustpilot. So it'd be good if you did get your yourself and the followers on there and have a look and see what people are saying about us. We advise and assist clients looking to buy, sell, rent or invest in properties. Um, we are based, well, our best and known locations are pretty much Prime London, Canary Wharf, um, and within the M25, and we pride ourselves on excellent customer service, integrity, and performance. Really, so that that is pretty much about us. Most of the properties that we do cover are between a sort of um, quarter of a million to around about fifteen to twenty million property. So um, that's a little bit about us. Yeah, that is a pretty wide patch. You normally get um, people who work in uh, maybe maybe it might be the southeast or uh, maybe south of the river, but you seem to be all over the place. How do you find that though? Um, well, it. it for us, we've never really seen as being all over the place because the market is the market. Where demand is, I think we're there. And I've come from a traditional background of a state agency where you kind of stay within sort of like five mile radius of where your office is. Um, but over the years, we've seen how things are on internet and online and things like that. And it's made everything a lot more closely knit. So for me, it's, it's no different to it being on my doorstep when I leave my house in Kent or it being in London, central London. To a greater degree of the sort of tools that are out there too, um, a lot of the viewings and things like that can all be done, uh, can be done online. Uh, Absolutely. Most, most of our business and that, we do have agents who are in those locations. So oh, right. if a client does want to do a viewing or whatever the case is, it's not you know, it's not difficult for us to get access to the properties. Neither is it difficult for them to obviously meet us with the properties either. So it's pretty straightforward. So let me ask this question. I'm going to take it a step back. So how exactly did you get into property? Good question, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, it was actually by accident. I was working in advertising and marketing when internet first came on the market. This was going back early 2000s, really. And for some for some unknown reason, I was, I was let go of in the, in the job. And I remember picking up a newspaper and in the paper, it had a negotiator in there, position in there. It was an evening standard. Right. And I was like, wow, this sounds so interesting, so intriguing. I want to know what this is all about. 
And for some reason, I actually thought it was from the, the film. Maybe you don't. Maybe you might remember it, actually. It was called The Negotiator with Samuel L. Jackson. But but actually, it? I don't know what made me think it was something to do with that. But <laughs> I, I gave the advert a call and went for the interview. And it turned out to be in properties. And I haven't looked back since. Okay. So let me ask this question then. So you say that you were initially working in the advertising field. What were you doing in advertising yeah. before you actually entered the property game? Right. We were, well, I was actually working for a company called, um, well, I won't mention the name, but what they did, the plan that they did was um, they had, you know, the Thompson's directory. Yes. It was very similar to that. A5 sort of booklet. Um, and they had the booklet. So you can refer to the booklet whilst you went online. So say, for example, you wanted to shop for fashion or wanted to see what was on the internet for clothing or jewellery or record stores or something like that, you'd look into the directory and then you'd take the details of the directory and put it on the internet. So you never had Google back then. So in that case, you were pretty much involved in sales, it seems. So I take it you've taken the sales um, approach that was applied within the advertising space over into your negotiating position in the uh, real estate game. Yeah, that'll be right. There's this, um, yeah, so that'll be right. It, it did have sales in it, and um, it was quite an easy transition right, to go okay. from the advertising space onto the property space. Right, okay. So when you went into property, what was it? Was it um, sales you were dealing with? Was it lettings that you were dealing with? Or was it everything? It, it was sales. sales. I actually went into sales, yeah. Right, okay. So was it something that you, I mean, you went into like naturally? Um, so, I mean, the face-to-face uh, aspect of uh, sales is not always for everybody. Some people yeah. sell at it. Some people, you know, um, shrink into their shells when it comes to that sort of thing. Is it something that you mm-hmm. actually think you're a natural at? Um, I think it was something that I was probably found a lot easier than most people would have done. And I think, yeah, I think that came from my background, really, with having a big family and um, meeting different people and different right. walks of life and things like that. So that kind of really helped me to be able to engage with people naturally. Yeah, I know that you're, I mean, from what even what I know of you, you're a bit of a chatty man yourself. But that's not a bad, that's not <laughs> a bad thing at all. Are you from a big family, is it? Yeah, I come from a reasonably sizable family. And uh, from that perspective, um, I take it, it means that you have to sort of, uh, how can I put it, enforce yourself to be heard within a, within a large family. And that, again, also helps in your selling skills, um, um, even within the family. Have any of your other people from your family also gone into estate agencies or any sort of uh, real estate development or anything like that? Actually, to be fair, none. Have um, we've got we've got somebody working as a lawyer. Um, we've got somebody actually also working in sales. Um, right. Two of them work in sales, right. so that kind of works. And then acting as well. To me, I don't know, but it, it still all sounds very related. To be honest, it does. It does. It yeah. does sound related. I mean, yeah, yeah, it does. It it's all related. We're all negotiating exactly. through, as you can imagine. Yeah, in a big family like you're going to be negotiating yeah. through stuff. <laughs> no, not exactly. everyone's going to agree with your viewpoint. So. It just makes things a bit more interesting from that perspective, yeah. Exactly. You must have an angle every time. <laughs> Not all the time. It depends, though. It all depends. But um, most times, if you're able to negotiate, of course, if you're able to put your point across and articulate it, I think you tend to win more than you lose. From there, you've now worked for an estate agency. What do you yeah. work, Did you work for that estate agency for a long time? 
or was it a, n- a number of uh, positions that you moved across? Um, I worked for the um, agent probably for about two, three years yeah. as a, a negotiator. So literally came in at entry level, worked for their state agent, um, acted was over in Broccoli. So I worked there for about six or so months, mm-hmm. saw that there was a market in, 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 in the area. Um, at that time, it was only sales that we were working with. Um, even though the, the actual company itself also had letting. And we used to get clients coming in and inquire about letting, but we couldn't deal with it because the office was solely for sales. And I was like, this is a great opportunity to cross-sell. Why, why are we letting these people go and then referring them to um, an agent down the road? So I was like, look, I've had enough of this. Um, let me speak to my manager about this and see whether we could have sales in this office. But for some reason, they didn't have the support system to... Um, implement the lettings in that office so i decided to then move into lettings in another branch and it's it's funny because you mentioned um you mentioned you say broccoli yeah so and i'm and i'm thinking if you're saying early 2000s broccoli wasn't what it is today um and i take it is a patch what broccoli peckham those sorts of areas dulwich those sorts of areas those areas have changed rise um, Forest Hill. Those areas have changed quite a bit. Those areas have changed. Yeah, most recently they've changed. Yeah. Um, back then it wasn't. It wasn't a great area, but it wasn't a bad area either. Mm, yes. And I think a lot of people were looking to invest in those kind of areas. Um, there were specific roads that were really good roads, and even till this day, they're, they're really good roads. Yeah. Roads like Tristillian Road, Wickham Road, and 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 some of the Breakspears and things like that. These were really top roads in Broccoli. Big houses, huge houses, period houses. So you've done that for a bit, and then you've—I take it—you've—you've—you've you've, you've moved around various firms doing the same sort of thing. But then, what about internationally? Have you done anything internationally around property? Yeah, actually, in 2012, I went back to my roots in Ghana. Actually, okay, um, I hadn't been there before that for 25 years. Wow, that's a brave move. <laughs> it was. It was, and actually. Decided to go with my whole family um, to go over there. Mm. It's been it's been something that I've been well wanted to do, but I also had a friend that encouraged me to do it mm. um, to go and visit back home and things like that. So once we had opportunity to go back there in 2012, literally fell in love with the place and was just like, nah, this, this is something that we've got to have some sort of impact, um, give back to the community over there, and, and just help out yeah. whichever way we can. Yeah. So, so apart from the um, philanthropic activities that you also undertook, I mean, giving something back is always a great thing. But um, in the property front, yeah, were, they th- were there things that you were doing out there, or did you see any opportunities yeah, I, out there? Yeah, I actually joined a company. I got introduced to a gentleman who was working in Central Region, and um, he had around about two hundred acres of land to develop on and and the main purpose of it was to focus on developing affordable housing so you know things that police officers can buy um, based on their wages in Ghana or civil servants um, those that work in the fire services you know those were the people that were being targeted and of course people from overseas the diaspora as well that wanted to come back to Ghana or wanted to have an investment in Ghana Right, they were okay. also being targeted for this period, well, for, for that specific type of property and development, really. So I take it this was sort of, uh, but these are pro- these are products that more of the um, 
the mass market would be interested in buying. Correct. Right. Okay. It was really focused. It wasn't focused on the high end of the, um, of the market in Ghana. Yeah. Because what you do find in Ghana, when I got there anyway, for the first time, is that most of the people that come from diaspora actually focus on the high end of the market. Yeah. Um, and these, these are pretty comparable prices to the UK at some point as well. Yeah. Um, but to try and assist those that are indigenous in the Ghanaian community is very slim. So the local market, basically. Correct. Um, and and in re- I mean, comparing how the UK market worked as compared to um, the Ghana market, I take it it was yeah. sales more that you were doing as compared to lettings? Uh, we didn't do lettings. We did lettings, but not part of the business as such. Yeah. It was almost like a knee-jerk reaction to potentially someone buying a property from overseas um, and saying, look, I'm going to be coming down to Ghana in the next six months or next 12 months. Rather than leave it vacant, can you find somebody for me for the interim before I come over there? And that's what it was really an arrangement of. We were developers developing on 200 acres of land. We'd already used 60 acres of the land building, you know, two-bedroom terraces to four-bedroom detached houses. And and that was really the focus. Selling those were the main focus. Um, that would go to those that are local and those that are in the diaspora. In the case of the UK market and um, the market in Ghana, how did yeah. finance work? Because we know that in the UK, mainly most people are buying houses using mortgages or some yeah. sort of loan facility. Does that same uh, approach apply in, in, in Ghana? Slightly different. Those that were buying in Ghana generally would use cash. I mean, wow. we, we saw a lot of cash transactions. However, there are occasions where mortgage would get involved, um, but there were shorter terms. I mean, in the UK, you can get mortgages from, you know, as little as 10 years to 30 years, 35 years, for yeah. example. Um, but in Ghana, you were looking between 10 to 15 years. Yeah. Um, and these were houses that people's salaries even if you did the multiples, it was very difficult for them at the time to meet. So it was it was people that had cash that would ordinarily use it. Yeah. And that's why sister with the diaspora as well. They, they had cash. And obviously, if you transferred or changed up the um, exchange of funds from dollars into cities, for example, or whatever the case is, or pounds into cities at that time was really good. Really the good. rates were really good. So oh, okay. you could invest in that. How long did you do that for out in Ghana? Um, just shy of two years, actually. Did you enjoy it? Was it really something that you enjoyed? Experience. I loved it. I really enjoyed myself in Ghana. Yeah, I really liked it. It was really good. It was different, totally different to what I was accustomed to Yeah. Um, over here. They allowed me to learn different skill sets yeah. um, and a different pace as well. I mean, I find I find it... Uh, I, think, I think that's one of the good things with, with working out in, that, in, in those sort of um, locations is that, to a degree, it's unstructured. And yeah. um, a lot of... The, um, the roles or jobs that you might get out there, you have the ability to direct or um, set the pace of your learning. So yeah. you might be, I mean, you're out there, you say you're sales, you're doing sales, but the next thing you know, you're actually working on site and, and helping to direct uh, how, how the construction should go on. Or, Absolutely. Um, you know, or you're networking, speaking to certain people who are completely different or there's, there's a completely um, different crossover, maybe by way of, financing or um, potential other sites that you can be looking at that you can ordinarily yeah. get involved in. And that's one thing that I like about locations like that. It sounds like you worked over there as well. 
yeah, Did you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but I, I mean, I don't know if I've told you that I've, I mean, I've actually got a development out there myself. So I, 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 okay. have, I have a knowledge of, of the local, of the local market and how things yeah. work. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, same as you, I, I, I loved it definitely. And, um, and it's definitely something that I would, I'm sure I'm, I'm going to cover it at, at a point on the podcast, yeah. but, um, yeah, my, uh, my fascination with, with, with Ghana and love affair has definitely not ended to be honest you know right. I think nice I, I think I think property wherever you go um, if you're into property you always see property uh, that's, yeah. that's that's how I look at it I mean regardless of where I travel to it's it's funny I mean I spend a lot of time in South America too and um, I still look at I st- when I go out there I still look at architecture yeah. I still look at property prices and um, how their markets actually operate and to be honest Nine out of ten times, it's 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 usually the same. It's either sales lettings. Yeah, you've got the same approach by way of uh, um, commuter cities, cities that people work in, um, and yeah. they rent, and then they go back to their villages. Or, yeah. um, I mean, it's it's the same thing. It's the same. It's the same approach wherever you go, wherever you go uh, around the globe, which is, which is which is something that I like. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, the the love and the passion I had in working for God, apart from the. Of course, I went, I went over the goodwill to say, look, you know, I want to give something back. But mm. I think like what you mentioned previously, it's being part of the whole cycle of the development. Mm. I, I went there and I was employed as the COO of the organization. Mm. And that meant, you know, I oversaw things um, from recruiting staff members to getting contractors on site to obviously seeing how materials are ordered and things like that. To actually going on site and um, giving directions and instructions on, you know, walls being straight and things like that you know, <laughs> making sure you've got the the roofing tiles and things like that um yeah. on site and, and making sure contracts are on site as well so it, it was a combination of so many different aspects of it that was really enjoyable and yeah. very different to what i was doing over here in the uk yeah absolutely but hey it's another it's another uh it's another string to your bow isn't it well, absolutely. I wouldn't, you know, there's, there's nothing more than getting experience and a challenge yeah. and developing your skill sets as well. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm up for things like that. I like it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, mean, I know that you're, um, the company, uh, Trevelin, is it Trevelin Estates? Trevelin Properties. Oh, sorry, Trevelin Properties. I know that it's, yeah. it's you and your, uh, you, you and your uh, partner that uh, yeah. run that business. So w- yeah. what's her involvement in, in the operation? She she does most of the background um, operations, meaning the administration side of things, right. making sure the social media things do go out on the social media, some of the marketing things on there as well. Um, some of the meetings that we do have, she goes there, dressing up with the properties right. and things like that. She also gets involved in. So she does most of the stuff in the back end, which she, she, she seems quite shy when it comes to presenting herself and putting herself on the forefront, but she does a lot in the back end. I think that's, that's, that's a great thing. I mean, working with a team, you need people who have, you know, um, um, skills that are slightly different from each other so that you don't have an overlap. And if, um, someone is happy to, you know, work the forefront and someone's happy to, and is efficient at doing the background, then that has to be celebrated also. I think it's absolutely, I think, I think it's also a, a rarity um, not to say that it's not possible, but getting to um, two people who can work as a formidable team in that manner yeah. is always uh, is always something that is nice. 
um, and, and, and works. It works pretty well. So, I mean, kudos to you guys anyway for, for oh, being able to run an effective business in that manner. You know? Yeah. I mean, no, I, I, do you know what? It, it's not, it's, it hasn't always been the easiest sort of formalities and things yeah. like that, but for us, it has really, really worked. It's really, really worked. We've, you know, we've got other people that also work in the, within the team itself. Yeah. Um, you know, some guy, a couple of the guys, one of them is Sam. He works phenomenally um, going out, seeing appointments as well. Yeah. Um, and, and he's also one of the guys that helps with the interviews and presentations and yeah. viewings and contacting people as well. Okay. So we do have quite a few of the guys. And, and what makes it quite unique for us, um, I would say, is um, the majority of the people that work on our team, they have been tenants who've now become <laughs> landlords or property owners who are now landlords or that, investors. That is excellent. That is definitely something that should be celebrated. So tenants, so previously your tenants, who later go on to buy their own properties. Yeah. And later on become employees of yourself. Yeah. I think, again. So, so yeah, so we've, we've had an experience like this. Um, I think one of our staff members that actually joined our team, he was a landlord of ours. And, um, you know, he he had experienced another agent and um, he had tried us for a referral. And I'm, I need to let you know this. Most of our business is generated from referrals, which is one of our unique selling points. Um, we like to generate the referral because that's, that's what makes us quite unique in our approach in this industry. But like I said, the guy who actually joined us, he was a landlord and he came over. We provided him with a service and he was so impressed with the service. He was like, look, I really want to know how come you guys are so much better than the other agents I've used previously? Is any how I can get involved in what you guys are doing? And um, 12 months down the line, he's still with us. See, that's a good thing. All businesses and all good businesses, they, they, they form relationships. And if you're able to have yeah. an impact on a landlord to a point that he actually wants to work with you and continue to work with you, then again, that is that is definitely something that is good and shows that you're doing something that's right. In the case of your social, in the case of your social media, I take it you must be getting loads of reviews and feedback from people that you've actually worked with along the way. Absolutely. I mean, if, if you were to look at our Google reviews, I think we should have been a lot more than where we are now. Mm. Uh, but I think we're approximately around about 40 plus right. reviews. And these are five star reviews. I think since COVID kicked in, yeah. Google has refused to, update a few more of the reviews um, right. and put that side on hold. Right. So what we're trying to do now is transition from that into Trustpilot for the right, reviews okay. to start side. Um, but otherwise, we, we should be way up after sort of um, 50, approximately 50 or so reviews. And these are five-star reviews from people that we've serviced, both as a landlord, um, purchasers, vendors, mm -hmm. developers, and things like that. So, yeah, okay. it's been quite interesting. So... I mean, that, lead, that leads me on to my, my next question. I mean, I know from from speaking to you, I mean, I see your social media, that you have, I mean, even through COVID-19, you've still been pretty active in what you guys uh, are doing. And I'm sure that you have been able to work and get on with what you're doing, even with the lockdown. Mm -hmm. what, sort, what sort of technology are you using? Because... I mean, I, I see that you're, you're renting houses out left, right, and center. Um, and I'm like, how is he doing this? We're, 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 we're locked down. I know he's at home, but how, how, is he, how is he really doing this? I mean, how are you leveraging technology in, in, in still getting the job done? 
Good question, Kev. Um, I think when we started the business, we realised, uh, I think at the top of the conversation, we spoke about, you know, what the difference is between, you know, what we're doing pretty much now and so forth. And I think when we started the business, we looked at what is going to be different in the market, how we're going to be able to impact the market. And we thought, you know what, it doesn't matter where you are located. As long as you can do the business and provide a service, it will work. And so our approach was to do videos from the offset. And that allowed us to then be able to continue with viewing, for example, because we were doing that in the first place. This is part of the platform that we started off in the first place, making it a lot easier for people to sit behind a desk, not only see the pictures of the property, but now see it physically. And okay. it being presented by us um, with a physical agent there. What about, I mean, I, I mean I've been hearing quite a bit about, um, so I mean, obviously, social distancing and everything else. Um, a number sure. of people have been able to, uh, a lot of the time we work, we work, um, online anyway so documentation and contracts are passed around electronically but then you also have the ability to use you know services such as you know uh, DocuSign and what have you to actually get documents signed by you know people that you're signing up Um, is that correct is that something that you're currently using or we've been using DocuSign for over two years so for us it's not new technology at all (laughs) um I think Everything that we've done has been done with the purpose of it going online. Right, okay. Um, and to make it as easy and efficient for buyers, tenants, landlords, mm-hmm. um, vendors, to be able to be in the comfort of their home or their office, and for us to do the legwork for them. Sign so, contracts, rather than sign it physically and so forth, to be able to sign contracts remotely. Yeah. And that really helps with the business. And so an impact like COVID hasn't really had a major impact on us. Of course, we can't move around freely as we can, we wish to do so, um, and so we rely on our normal expertise, which is to do the video, communicate effectively and efficiently on the phone, mm-hmm. um, respond in a timely manner and things like that. So these are just small nuggets that we use. So I take it, I mean, from speaking to you, it seems like your team has been able to systemize a lot of its processes and streamline so that it's, it's sort of... Um, um, online ready as a yeah. business it's not yeah. a difficult process for you to deal with COVID-19 um, and the changes that are necessary because ordinarily you were doing this anyway absolutely I think that's what's made our job a lot easier in this current climate and I've spoken to some of my colleagues in the industry and some of them have to put people on furloughs um, because they haven't been able to set themselves up. It's been a more of a physical process. And granted, it's quite a sad situation to obviously put people on furlough, not knowing whether they're going to have a job next month or next week or so forth. Um, but we haven't had to do that um, in this moment in time, which which we, we hope it continues. Um, and that's simply because of the way we've done things from the start. On to my next question. Your rental, your rental business, is it... Yeah mainly single let units that you that you put out or does it also does your strategy also involve anything around hmos or service accommodation in what you do we we generally focus on single let so we don't really do the hmo although we do have an associate that deals with that so if it comes to a point where we do have a client who's looking for a hmo we're not going to turn them away we'll normally refer them to our associate and say look this individual that we work with can assist you. Um, okay. Likewise with landlords as well, if they're looking for corporate lets, 
um, we do have um, an individual that specialises in this. So they get referred over to that person and that person tends to deal with it. So there's a potential, I mean, of course, we don't know how long COVID-19 is going to be around for, but we do know that at some point in time, the lockdown will, will stop and, and things will um, start going back to normal. Um, yeah. In, in your I mean, in your view, where, where, where do you think that we're going over the next 12 to 18 months by way of property? What is your strategy going to be going forward? Are you looking to do more of the same or are, are you looking to change your operations in any form or fashion? I think we're going to do more of the same and probably look to expand. Right, okay. So what potentially what covering other areas or is it still going to be London? It will be London. It will also consider other areas, other cities, I think. Yeah. Um, You'll be looking you up know, for tour or anything? I think Birmingham is a good market over there. Okay. I think Birmingham, Liverpool, yeah. these are good areas. Manchester as well, they're good areas to look into. Yeah. So it could be potentially um, an avenue for us to, to, to venture into and to have a look at. Yeah. But at the moment, we do have quite a lot of stock over in the London area because we're dealing with developers um, uh, and things like that. So we'd obviously want to make sure that this market is, has been capitalised and, and we're doing really well on that. Um, and yeah. So so when you say you've been dealing with developers, what does that mean? Does that mean that um, do, you, do you get special deals or percentages? Oh, or? My apologies. Yeah. When I say we're dealing with developers, I mean we're selling developers. De- well, oh, right. Okay. Developed by developers, basically. Uh, I, think, I think a lot of people have been looking at the northern cities because the yields seem to be a bit better. Um, yeah, and um, there seems to be an explosion, or people, or or, or more of an awareness that um, uh, in these locations um, there is uh, a lot of housing stock and good uh-huh. housing stock at that. Earlier this year, the government was talking about a lot of money going um, up north. I mean, I know that cities such as Liverpool are expected to be uh, to be getting a lot of funding, so a lot of the guys yeah. or a lot of the people are actually looking at um, those sorts of cities. Um, mm-hmm. as potentials for um, not just uh, great yields but um, also capital appreciation so i've i've i have a particular eye for um the northern cities uh, at this point in time um, okay that's good to know yeah i think i mean my my view is that that over the next i'll say five to ten years um the um the uh, the capital appreciation that is enjoyed by london would 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 be higher, um, yeah. Um, in those northern cities as compared to London, so I've mm. I've definitely got my I've definitely got my hand on the pulse around uh, around property in in that region, and I'll, I would advise that people do too. No, that's really good because um, for someone like us, this also gives us the opportunity to be able to speak to some of our investors because we do have investors who London London might be a little bit too pricey for them. Yeah. Um, so we're able to then diversify their investments and, and let them know of cities that are quite good to invest in, that are going to yeah. be able to give you the, both capital growth and, and obviously yield as well yeah. um, in the investment. So that, that's good. That's, that obviously gives them opportunity not to lose their chances in investing. Yeah, I think I think one of the things I think one of the things for me, too, is, again, with everybody that's working from home, I, I get the feeling that people are beginning to realise um, what is really of importance to them. And the truth of the matter is, um, people are realising they can work from anywhere. So Absolutely. You, it becomes possible for you to exploit the fact that property prices are cheaper in Manchester or Liverpool or Leeds. So why am I, why am I living in London? Why don't I move out to these satellite cities and 
do exactly what I'm doing now, which is I can work from home. Um, I can still communicate with my um, with my team remotely and still get the yeah. productivity that I need to get my job done. So um, again, I, I think it opens it opens up the market a lot more for um, property developers and estate agents that are operating in these northern cities because there is still true 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 value out there. You know, absolutely. I, I will say this, Kevin. What you've touched on is really really important point. I think what this COVID situation, although it's as terrible as it is, I think it's going to be a real eye-opener for businesses across the globe um, with staff retention, office space, um, utilities and things like that. I think people are going to start reviewing it. Commuter belts are going to be one of the major issues that people are going to obviously want to see. And I think all these things, which are quite, at the end of the month, are quite high expenses for corporate as well as individuals. Um, corporates in the sense that they've got to pay for the office spaces, um, individuals in the sense that they've got to pay for travel expenses and so forth. And now that people are working remotely and seeing the benefits of this, I think people will start reviewing whether it's worth them paying the amount of rent they're paying in London or buying a property in London to live in a one-bedroom apartment for half a million when they can move out and literally have a place where they can have, you know, four or five kids with them and it's not going to be an issue. Um, No, I agree. So, I think these things are going to be real eye-opening situations and it's going to be quite realistic. I think obviously being isolated as well in this current situation without having a garden space and being in a high rise, for example, will also be quite a major issue for a lot of people and realise that, okay, I do need a house. I do need that open space. In case something like this does happen again in the future, how are we going to deal with it? I think that, I think that this, will, uh, yeah, this will definitely change people's uh, attitudes um, and, and, and um, they will start to realize what they actually value as a human being um, and as and as families too yeah absolutely yeah so let me let me ask this question is is there anyone i mean i i mean in, in my life i think there are a number of people that influence what i do um my father he was um he was involved in timber so uh, it, it was always a case where uh, construction was always something that uh was was pretty much I was pretty much born with. Um, in, okay. in your in your case, would you say that there's anybody that's influenced your life around um, the property game, um, and um, has helped you or actually inspires you to do what you or to continue to do what you do currently? Um, yeah, I, I think once you get into property, you will see a variety of different people, and um, you're able to you know take things from each person or learn something, a new skill set or something along those lines. Yeah. And I've been fortunate enough to work in a different environment, um, both in the UK and, all, of course, overseas, um, to see what kind of assets people have and, and see how that could be of benefit to, to myself and, and what I do and what, you know, what will be needed for the future. So I've got, you know, I've, my dad is around. Um, I'm able to speak to him. I also quite a religious or, you know, a spiritual person, I'd say. So, you know, the Bible is also quite a good reference point for myself as well to look at. Um, and, yeah, so it, it, it's, a, it's a good point and a good question that you ask. Yeah, you know, I, I've learned from my previous managers when I was working for a corporate organization um, yeah. who have given me the opportunity to be able to structure my days, which has now become more effective when you're working remotely as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 good to see that. Uh, it's always good to have someone that you can look up to, um, and take inspiration off. 
And the intention is that at some point in time, so you'd be an inspiration to somebody else um, who's trying to come so. through, through the ranks, you know. And um, I mean, having a 10 or 15 or even 20 years in the game is not something that should be sniffed at. It definitely shows that um, you've got staying power and it's definitely something that you in, enjoy doing. I, I love what I do and I'm, I'm passionate about what I do. I think that's probably one of the major motivations in this whole thing I've been doing for the last 17 plus years. Absolutely. Also, it, it's having a passion um, and, you know, having a get-go to, to, to try things out. Yeah. It may not always work, but um, I think you normally see by the results at the end. Absolutely. If it's right. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. So, 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 would you say that? Uh, I mean, let's just say you, you, you there, there was a younger you. Would you still have taken the same path, or would you have done anything differently? Wow, that's an awesome question, there, Kevin. Okay. Um, I think, I think, um, I'll probably be a lot more aggressive if it was a younger me. Um, a bit more ballsy, right, okay. <laughs> if I can say that word. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I would have done probably a bit more, taken a bit more risk. I think I think that's definitely something that uh, I think the younger generation can learn off. Um, yeah, it's it's funny because I sometimes I get into discussions with people, and for the younger generation, the complaint that you get coming back is, "Hey, house prices are too high. I can't get on the ladder. I can't do this because yeah, uh, you know, because of where the prices are, whatever." But then. I always say to them that, look, you know what? The same way you're looking at property and you're saying it's really, really high, you've got to understand that you've also been blessed with a number of options that a generation ago people never had. People never had the internet a generation ago. Yeah. People never had. I mean, uh, I look at markets and I say to myself, kids are making money out of playing games. Yeah, yeah. Kids are making money out of selling things on the internet. People are selling music productions on the internet. You know, yeah. There are so many options. You've just got to change your strategy. And Absolutely. You can make it work. I think one of the things, Kevin, um, which is a real advantage in the current situation is that you don't really need to leave your home. You don't, you don't even need to leave the local area that you live in to make money on, online. Absolutely. I mean, people are selling things on eBay, Gumtree, Amazon. Yeah. Well, one of my, uh, I think you asked this question, you know, who do I look up to and things like that. And I, I kind of look at companies like Amazon right. and I kind of say to myself, well, do you know what? These, these companies are, you know, 10 of a trillion. Yeah. But you can't walk into the shop. <laughs> you look at Facebook, billions, and you don't walk into a shop to, Say, oh, Facebook, what are you doing for me? You know, I've, I've done this and I've done that and it's not working. So everything is done online. Absolutely. YouTube, for example. Yeah. So the, the whole dynamic still changes. It's not a physical absolutely. dynamic. It's, it's data-driven and it's online-driven. Yeah, um, it's virtual, absolutely. And and it will change even in our industry of rentals and things like that. I, I, I strongly am convinced that it's going to come to a point where, and I've experienced this, where we had a, a recent sale from somebody from Hong Kong um, who purchased one of the properties from us um, and were able to exchange within 21 days or less. Wow. And they hadn't come down to see the property. And it's not the first time where we've sold properties similarly to this. 
Yeah. So we're quite confident and, and you know, people ask us, you know, but you're not focusing on just a local market. For us, everything is local, right. you know, because we've worked in a traditional setting. I've, I've worked for a company for almost 10, 12 years um, where it was local. And to be fair, well, what we considered local was five mile radius of where the actual office was. But it happened occasionally where some of the landlords still wanted to use our services outside of that parameter. But we had a choice whether to, to see the opportunity and scale up or to see and say, do you know what? It's not actually in our area, so we'll leave it alone. And we decided to take the the route of let's expand our horizon. Yeah, we will market this property wherever it is. And if we get inquiries and we could do the viewings, we'll do the viewings. And do you know what? Nine out of ten times, we're able to commit to that and it turned out to be our favor. And that's what's given us the confidence and the aspiration to say, we don't need to be a, you know, a, a five-mile radius agent or um, company. We can go global if we wanted to. We can go, you know, from city to city, for example. Thank you for your time today. Um, Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. It's a pleasure. It's great that we've been able to break bread and talk about everything that you're doing. If anyone wants to get in contact with you, what would be the best way to do that? Um, you can follow us on Instagram. That's Traveling Properties. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook, Traveling Properties. Um, we have our website, which is travelingproperties.co.uk. So these are three main avenues that you can contact us through. Excellent. So if you need any, if you need any help with the sale of your property or uh, you're looking for a rental property, Traveling Properties are the people to go to. Thank you very much. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> and Kevin, I want to say a huge thank you. I think um, what you're doing is, is awesome, um, bringing us together to obviously all different people with different set skills and profession and lawyers, brokers, surveyors, developers. Absolutely. I think it's an awesome, awesome um, platform that you've, you've generated for us, an opportunity, and I want to say a huge thank you. Um, and a huge thank you to all those that are also on the platform as well because they're a real inspiration. And um, I'm learning a lot every day. That is and great. I appreciate what you've been able to do. Yeah, that's what it's there for. Um, if you're looking to get in contact with us, it's By The Block UK. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at By The Block UK. And we also have a Facebook page. If you're looking for anything to do with property, you want to know about people's journeys um, that they've taken to get into property from inception all the way th to where they are right now, then um, this is the podcast and the group to join. Um, as we share a lot of information, um, it's still a group where people can connect, and build relationships, and uh, we aim to promote each other's work or activities um, professionally. And yeah, so that's by, by the block. Trevor, thank you very much for your time anyway. Have a good no one. No problem at all. Thank you, Kevin. Cheers.